This is Women in Revival podcast. Today, we will be continuing the series Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Mikal, dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. Our topic for today is, who is Mikal? Mikal was what you would call today a socialite. Her husband was the king and she was a princess, the daughter of the former king. Mikal was indeed a very important person. She was the cream of the crop. She was the creme de la creme. She was at the head of the kingdom. She was a leader amongst women and her husband was a very, very busy man. He was ruling a kingdom, at that time one of the greatest kingdoms in that area of of the world. And yet, we see from the life of Mikhail how she dealt with her husband and how she behaved and how indeed in the end, Mikhail fell. Deborah Shinbi will take us further on who is Mikhail. So Father, thank you for this privilege to come again on this series. And I'm praying that your Holy Spirit will speak. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. I really want to welcome you back to Women in Revival podcast. I am praying that you will find this new series again a blessing. We started looking at learning from wives of the Bible, where we were looking at their ordeal, the outcome of their ordeal, do they allow their ordeal to adorn the gospel, or do they allow their ordeal to blaspheme the gospel? Last time we looked at Hannah, when barrenness threatens your marriage. And we are here to start this new series again, still considering other wives of the Bible. And this time we want to look at Micah, dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. Now, we will be learning from the life of Micah, the wife of David, the king of Israel. And I am praying that we take a few lessons from the life of Micah and from her marriage to David. I am praying that we will learn one or two things again. So let us look at who is Micah. Some of you may be wondering, well, Micah, 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 whatsoever, or who is she? I've never heard that name before, da, 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 da. Fine. I want us to go and look at who this person called Michael is. In 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 49, we read, Now the sons of Saul were Jonathan and Ishu and Malkishua, and the names of his two daughters were these, the name of the firstborn Mirab and the name of the younger Michael. So we are saying that Michael was a princess. She was the daughter of King Saul, the first king of Israel. So we are looking at the marriage of Princess Micah. She was of a royal family and what can we learn from her life? Micah the princess. Again, let's look at that same for Samuel, but this time let us look at chapter 18. Micah 18 and we take it from verse 20 to 28. Initially, we saw that Micah was the daughter of Saul. She was the younger daughter of Saul. The big sister was Mirab. Micah was the younger one. So 1 Samuel 18, verse 20 to 28, I will be stopping as I read. And it says, And David said unto Saul, Who am I, and what is my life, or my father's family in Israel? that I should be son-in-law to the king. But it came to pass at the time when Mirab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given unto Adriel, the Meholatite, to wife. Now, we are saying that David, the king, was supposed to be engaged to the big sister of Micah. So Saul, Micah's father, promised to give Mirab to David as a wife. But eventually, it was just a game of throne. He did not give Mirab to David. And now here is another promise. So that is where Micah is now coming in. Now in verse 20, 
And Micah, Saul's daughter, loved David. Are you saying? Micah, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. And Saul said, I will give him her, that she may be a snare to him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law, in the one of the twine. So we are seeing Micah, who loved David, and the father wanted to use Micah as a scapegoat to David. Or should I say wants to use David as a scapegoat? I don't know how to put this now. So the father said, that is very good. I am going to use her as a snare, a trap to the life of David. And I don't know how your marriage came about. Maybe you started from a social media platform. Maybe you met your husband on an online dating. Maybe actually it's a friend who introduced your husband to you. Or maybe so it was just an arranged marriage for the two of you. What matters now is that you are married. So that is the matter we are dealing with. How you met each other is not what we want to begin to examine now because that is irrelevant. What is relevant for us now is to see this marriage work by his grace. So for Micah, even though she thought she was getting into marriage, the father of Micah had an interior motive. Now verse 22. And so commanded his servants, saying, Commune with David secretly, and say, Behold, the king have delight in thee, and all his servants loved thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. And Saul's servants spake those words in the ears of David. And David said, Seemeth it to you a life thing to be a king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man and lightly esteemed, and the servants of Saul told him, saying, On this manner spake David. So when it was brought to David's attention, he was quite happy to be the king's son-in-law. He was happy to marry Micah, the daughter of Saul. Now we move from that verse 25. I want us to go to 27. And it reads, Wherefore David arose and went, he and his men. Now, even though I've jumped those verses in between, now, the dowry Saul, the father of Micah, required was the head of the Philistine. So it was like asking David to jeopardize his life in order to marry his daughter. And David did. So now in verse 27, the Bible says, Wherefore David arose and went, he and his men, and slew of the Philistines, two hundred men. And David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full tale to the king that he might be the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him Micah, his daughter, to wife. And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Micah, Saul's daughter, loved him. Now, I will stop on that verse 28. So, we are seeing how Micah became the wife of David. So, David paid heavily in order to marry Micah. So, at this juncture now, Micah is now a legal wife, the legal wife of David. She was properly married. She, her husband paid severe dowry in order to marry her. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 11 to 17. We are just tracing who Micah is. And we are first asserting that she was a princess. She was the daughter of King Saul. And we also saw that she was the first wife, the legal wife of David. And now, 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 11 to 17 says, Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. And Micah, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. So Micah let down David through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. And Micah took an image and laid it in the bed and put a pillow of goat's hair for his bluster and covered it with a cloth. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, he is sick. And Saul sent the messengers again to David, saying, bring him up to me in the bed that I may slay him. 
And when the messengers were coming, behold, there was an image in the bed with a pillow of goat's hair for its bolster. And Saul said unto Micah, Why hast thou deceived me? So, and sent away my enemy, that he is escaped. And Micah answered Saul, He said unto me, Let me go. Why should I kill thee? So again, we are seeing Micah as the one who rescued David when David would have been slaughtered, when David would have been killed by, by Micah's father, Saul the king. I, I don't know whether you are getting something from the life of Micah. We are seeing the beginning of her marriage even to, to David. She was a princess. She was the second daughter, the younger daughter of Saul. She was the legal wife, the first wife of David. And we see here that she arose to rescue her husband when her husband's life was threatened by her very father. So we are tracing the life of this woman called Micah. I'm praying that as we go on and see more about the life of this woman, may the Lord help each and every of our hearts and every of our marriage. Now, that same 1 Samuel 25 now, chapter 25, verse 44 says, But Saul had given Micah, his daughter, David's wife, to Fauti, the son of Laish, which was of Galim. So we are meeting Micah here at another stage that the father is as if her father was the one controlling her. Her father was the one controlling her marriage. Her father at this stage now decided again to take Micah and give Micah to another man called Faulty. Obviously, you know that the father had hatred against David. So a married woman but now the family have decided we don't want you to marry this man again. We found for you another man. Saul forgetting that what God has joined together, let no man put us under. Saul forgetting that when a man and a woman is married, they are meant to be married for life. But unfortunately, we are meeting Micah, who became a victim of our father. She could not stand for herself. She could not speak for herself. She could not defend her marriage even in the presence of God. She allowed her father to control her matrimony, to control her husband. And I don't know, maybe this may be your case also. Maybe you are married, but actually your own marriage is being controlled by your parents. Your husband's life is controlled by your mom, by your dad. They are the one who tells him what to do and what not to do. I'm telling you, it is a dangerous game. It has the power to destroy your marriage. Now, if we now go to 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 13 and verse 14, remember the last time we read 1 Samuel 25:44, we saw that Micah was taken from David, a legal husband, and given to Faulty because her father was the one controlling her life. And now in 2 Samuel 3, 13 and 14, the Bible says, And he said, Well, I will make a league with him. Now, this is David speaking here. Now, at this junction, David had become the king of Israel. So he was still desiring his wife, his first wife, for that matter, to come back. So Verse 13, and he said, well, I will make a league with thee, but one thing I require of thee, that is, thou shalt not see my face, except thou first bring Micah, Saul's daughter, when thou comest to see my face. So that tells you that David loved Micah from the very beginning. Micah was his very first wife. Micah was his legal wife. And verse 14 says, and David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Deliver me my wife, Micah. Are you saying? Deliver me my wife, Micah, which I espoused to me for an hundred false kings of the Philistines. This was a legal wife, a wife that David married legally, a wife David paid dearly to marry. But unfortunately, she was not matured enough to leave and cleave to her husband. Rather than her cleave to her husband, she was still attached even to her father. Her father was the one controlling her life. And unfortunately, that caused her trouble. She was moved from her first marriage and she was taken to another man. 
and here now we are seeing the husband saying give me back my wife obviously in the course of this many things has transpired even in the life of david but anyway i deliberately don't want to go into many details onto these scriptures or those scriptures i just want us to focus our hearts just looking at micah and his marriage even unto david so we've seen who micah was she was the daughter of a king she was a princess she was the second daughter of king Saul, the very first king of israel and she was the first wife of david her older sister mirab was supposed to be engaged to david but unfortunately her crooked father gave her to another man and eventually miriam was engaged to david and she became the very legal wife of david and david paid dearly in order to marry her and we will be seeing as time goes on what became of micah initially we saw her father retrieved her from a matrimony and gave her to another man but by the time david became king he requested micah to return back to his home and the challenge that i want to throw at you just like i've said before now for marriage to work perfectly and effectively there is the need for living and there is the need for cleaving micah was to leave her father her mother and cleave even to her husband but unfortunately micah did not do that and as we come back we come and see many other aspects of micah's life as a wife to king david and like i said i don't know what the story is in your marriage have you been allowing your parents to control your matrimony i am praying that the lord will help you to make amendment wherever that is needed amen This is Women in Revival podcast. Yesterday, we continued the series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Mikhail, dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. Our topic for today is, when you have a busy husband with a busy life. Mikhail's husband was a very busy man. I don't think anyone could top him. But the way Mikhail with her husband, who was very busy, was a way that did not please the Lord. I pray that as Deborah talks further into this subject and into Mikhail and her husband, that God will help you and will show you places in your life that you may need to change or improve. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the continuity of this series. And I am praying that you will visit every marriage that is joining us on this series. Speak, Lord, to troubled marriage. And I am praying for marriages that are about to start. Ladies who are about to enter into marriage, help them to start their marriage on a godly foundation. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to welcome you back to this series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. We've been looking at their ordeal, the outcome of it. Did they allow their marriage or what faced them in their matrimony to adorn the gospel? And this time we started looking at Micah, dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. Last time we were looking at who Micah was, we saw she was a princess, the second daughter of Saul, the first wife of David, the legal wife of David, a woman that the husband paid dearly in order to marry her. But we also saw another aspect of Micah's life. She was a woman who was not matured enough to win herself from her parents. She was not mature enough to leave her parents and cleave to her husband. So the foundation upon which she started her marriage was wrong. 
and for any matrimony to be fully rooted in Christ, in each other, in each other's love, there is the need to leave our parents and enter into our husbands. This is very, very important. It is not very, very correct for a woman to be taking everything that happened in her matrimony to her parents, particularly if those parents are not godly. It is not advisable to be telling your mom, your dad, everything that is happening in your home. Because even sometimes they, do, they may not mean any harm, but because they are parent, a parent's act, sometimes they step in into matrimony and they are stepping in usually cause great catastrophe. So a woman needs to be wise. Rather than deferring and telling the parents everything that is happening, it might be much better to look for a godly older family who can disciple you even in your matrimony. But if your parents are godly and you think there are things you want to discuss with them and they are going to guide you in a biblical way, fine. But if yours are like Saul, then you need to take caution. So today we are going on day two and we want to look at when you have a busy husband with a busy life. We are still considering the life of Micah as a wife and we want to see the aspect of her life as the wife of a busy husband. And this may be some of your story. Maybe you have been married and your husband is quite busy. Maybe you are a full-time housewife. You have to stay behind while your husband leaves home quite early to return back late in the evening. I remember the early days of my marriage. I was a full-time housewife. So I have to stay at home from morning till evening while my husband would go to work. And he leaves in the morning, comes back later in the evening. But to be honest with you, the Lord really helped us to build a solid foundation from the very beginning. I am so grateful for the foundation that I had at the early days of my marriage. And to be honest with you, my husband invested much into our marriage. He was a mature Christian. He was a minister. He was a pastor. You know, he was matured in age and he was matured in the Lord. So he invested much, actually brought me up. He taught me what marriage should be. So staying at home, there wasn't a big deal. Even though there were misbehavior from my end, there were days when he might come back from work and he would meet me, you know, at the front of the television, probably watching Hollywood or watching Friends, watching many of those soap operas, and my husband did not like such things. But I'm grateful to the Lord for where he has brought me. So when you have a busy husband with a busy life, how do you undo that as a Christian woman in marriage, particularly when you've just married? And let's go and see from the life of Micah, the legal wife of David. You see me saying she's the legal wife, and that is the truth. I remember some months ago years ago we we're talking i can't remember whatever i was talking about and i was referring to micah when in my family and my children were saying to me actually she's not one of the wives of david she is the original wife of david and i said yes you know i have to accept that correction she was the legal wife of david so let us see a relationship with a busy husband remember when she married david David was not a king. Remember when she married David, her dad was the one controlling her marriage. Remember she was removed from her marriage to marry another man. And when David became king, he asked that Micah should be brought back again. And now, so let us go and look into Micah's marriage now that she's married to David. At this junction, the dad was dead. So let us see how she managed a matrimony. Second Samuel chapter 6, we read verse 16 to verse 19. And I'm going to probably read from King James Version. And it reads, And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Micah Saul's daughter looked through her window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering, burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
and he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Wow. So such was the type of husband Micah got married to, a very busy husband, the king of a whole nation. And at this particular junction in the history of Israel, it was a significant time. The ark of the Lord, having departed years, having made effort to retrieve back the ark of the Lord, you know, even Uzzah died in the recovery of the ark of the Lord. David had actually given up recovering back the ark of the Lord. He was quite discouraged. And here is a great occasion where that same ark, has now been brought back to his people. So David was very happy. It was a busy day for him. He was serving his community. He was serving his people. He was doing all he could do. And the Bible says he offered offerings. He did burnt offering. He did all he needed to do. He served the community. He served the women. He served the men. He gave cake. He gave piece of flesh. He gave flagon of wine. All the people, he made sure, he made sure everybody was served. And my question is, where is the wife of David? Why was she not here serving with her husband? Why was she not here supporting her husband? I don't know. Probably, maybe she thought, he is a king. Let him go and be serving the people. But we are seeing a wife with a busy husband. And how do we apply wisdom when we are married to a man that is a busy man? Maybe your husband is a minister. I remember, you know, early days of my marriage, my husband asked to attend to church meetings, leaders meetings, all sorts of, sometimes they have to travel on mission trip and what have you. Now, that was part of of marriage and i thank god so much for my pastor's wife then i remember she spoke to me she I, was it before my marriage i can't remember she was saying what it means when you marry a pastor what happens sometimes you just want to collect your husband back that don't go on this trip but when you realize again you 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 let them go you know things like that there were days when he has to travel for weeks and what have you i'm home by myself and all of that you know many things like that but what i learned in those days they were my seasons of growth also and i'm so grateful so you i had time to study the word i had time to invest in my spiritual growth so what am i saying when you have a man that is as busy as david who is serving the community serving the men serving the women doing this doing that instead of allowing the business of your husband's life to be a distraction to you you probably you better, you know, get into his business also. Look for how do I be part of this business? How can I help you to ease your business? So that is something you may need to think about. Even if maybe it's your husband's workplace, you may look at how can I help you from home? Anything I can do to better this business. I remember those days when my husband has to leave home for work, you know. I one of the things I have to do, he asked me to get him, you know, pack lunch. So I have to do that, get him salad, prepare sandwiches, everything. If that will make life a bit easier for his busy day, fine. So look for ways to better your husband's business. Don't sit down and moan and complain about his business. Today I have my husband at home 24-7. Honestly, that is another story. But why? You have a husband whose life is busy. You want to key into that business. You want to say, how can I serve alongside my husband? I'm praying the Lord will help you. And another thing is to also use that season of business in your husband's life to equip yourself. Spend time in the word. Spend time in prayer. Study as much as possible. Read books. Build up yourself. Don't allow your husband business to make you bored or to make you sad or to make you miserable. Actually, if well handled, it can be a means of growth for your life. And it is my prayer that you will not allow your husband business 
maybe business with ministry, business with work, business with people, you will not allow that to become a distraction even to your marriage with your husband. May the Lord give you wisdom to see how can I find relevance even in the midst of my husband business if it means going out with him to help even in his business. Some of you have husbands that are builders. I have a lovely sister. There was a time, you know, her husband is a builder. They came to sort out my living room and what have you. And she was there building, you know. I was very, very impressed. She was, you know, she was flinging the thing, doing work. She herself was a builder. And that is the spirit. Go on with your husband. Be involved in what your husband is interested in. Whatsoever is keeping him busy, try to let it keep you busy also, no matter how little it might be. And I am praying that the Lord will make you a wise woman who learns to build a home and not destroy the sin. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Two days ago, we continue this series learning from wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Mikal, dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. Our topic for today is, your husband is thinking of you. You may not think your husband is thinking of you, but he is. You may think he's so busy with his life to not care about you, but sister, he loves you. David was a very busy man, but he truly loved Mikal. And he was thinking of her in his daily work and his life. In the Bible, we see how Michal was so annoyed with David that the way she welcomed him back was in a manner that was very disrespectful and hurt David very much. The way you welcome your husband back, the way you behave towards him after he's finished his busy day, determines just how he treats you and how he thinks of you. Sister, behave in a way which is pleasing towards the Lord. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Our Father and our God, we are so grateful, Lord, for the interest that you have in our lives as women and also in our marriages. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this series that we have embarked on. Thank you for the privilege to glean even from the life of many women in the Bible who have thread the path of marriage. We can learn from their mistakes, we can learn from their foolishness, we can learn from their wisdom. Help us, Lord, to treasure this resource that you are making available even for our own lives so that our marriage can glorify you, so that our marriages can indeed adorn even the gospel of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to welcome you back to Women in Revival podcast. We are still journeying through the series, Learning from Wives in the Bible. And we are still on the sub-series number five, Micah, dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. We looked at who Micah, the wife of David, was. David was the husband of Micah. Last time, we were looking at when you have a husband with a busy life, what do you do? And today we are going to move on. But before we move on, can I just encourage you to go back to our website if you've missed any episode. Go back to www.okofrighteousness.co.uk And if you need to contact us, do feel free to contact us on our contact us page. If you go on our podcast by series, you should find this particular series or on our homepage. If you scroll down, you should look for our recent podcast. From there, you should be able to access every episode in this series. And you can from there move to other episodes or other series that might be useful to you. One of such series that we've done in the past on marriage is Marriage is Great Mystery. You might want to search for that on our website. So today we want to move on. We want to look at your husband is thinking of you. As we will see in the case of Michael, the wife of David. Your husband is thinking of you as busy as his life may be. 
I want you to know your husband is thinking of him. So we are going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 6. And today we will look at verse 20 and verse 22. Remember the last time we met David, Micah's husband. He was very busy in the community. It was a significant time in his life. As a king of David, it was a memorable time for him. The ark of the Lord was brought back even to the people of God. So it was a time of great celebration. He was busy with the people, with the men, with the women. He was serving them. He was dancing greatly and graciously. So now let us meet Micah again in our matrimony. Your husband is thinking of you. So 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20 to 22. And it reads, Then David returned to bless his household. And Micah, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. I want you to be seeing the words that Micah was using to her husband. Verse 21, And David said unto Micah, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father, and before all his house, to appoint me ruler, over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, will I play before the Lord. 22. And I will yet be more vile than those, and will be based in my own sight, and of the maidservant, which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be in bad honor. Wow. So what are the things we can take from this conversation that Mrs. Micah David had with her husband? At this season in their marriage, her husband was quite a busy man. He was a very busy man. And at this junction, he was a man of many wives. So we are seeing now, at this junction, Abigail had become the wife of David. So, yet, I believe David still loved Micah. So we are seeing that David, having served the people, having rejoiced before the Lord, now we are seeing Micah, who was David's wife, who should have actually been celebrating with him, who should actually be among the people, thanking God for the return of the ark. But what did we see? The Bible says in verse 20, that Micah actually opened her mouth. And at this junction, what was happening? Verse 20, David returned to bless his household. So while the husband was busy serving the people, giving them this blessing then, he had his household in his mind. And that includes Micah. He was returning home to bless Micah. The Micah was in David's thoughts. In as much as he was busy doing all he was doing, he had Micah in his thought. He was going back home to bless his household. And Micah was one of those in his household. And the Bible says, and Micah, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David. Wow. And then she blasted. She began to say, oh, how glorious was the king of Israel. As if she was mocking her husband, making fun of her husband. I believe she had probably watched her husband from the balcony, you know, seeing how her husband was dancing and the ladies were dancing around him. And you know, women, when we start our dancing and she was watching all of those and there was envy, there was jealousy, there was anger within her heart. Like one of my daughters said in the past that actually the matter of how Micah spoke was the matter of Micah's heart. The problem started from the heart of Micah. So by the time David entered the house, the first thing, rather than to welcome her husband back home, rather to say, oh, welcome back, honey. How was the day? Oh, today is a glorious day, dear. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. Finally, you brought the ark in. No. The first thing the wife did was to blast her husband. She said, how glorious. How glorious is the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaidens, in the eyes of the handmaids of the servant, as one of the vain fellows. I want us to look at that in other translation. 
how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked, in full view of the slave guests of the servant, as any vulgar fellow would do. Wow, these are big words to use to one's husband. These are deep words. The Good News Translation says the king of Israel made a big name for himself today, she said. He exposed himself like a fool. Are you seeing? Like a fool in the sight of the servant women of his officials. Wow. The husband that you were actually supposed to join in the midst of his officials and celebrate with him. Now this husband returned home to bless you. And the first thing that came out of your mouth was to insult even your husband. Now let's look at that in contemporary English version. And it says, you were really great today, she said. You acted like a dirty old man. Wow, that is terrible. So we see the type of language Michael was using. She was probably jealous of the way other women were dancing around her husband. She was probably concerned that her husband wasn't even thinking of her, you know, things like that. Yet, her husband was thinking of her. And in verse 21, the husband responded, David told her, the Lord didn't choose your father or anyone else in your family. Are you seeing? And this is how quarrel starts in many of your marriages. You say a word, your husbands give you back. And before you know it, you start, you know, even insulting your parents. You know, you start in just meddling with issues that both of you shouldn't be meddling with. So David said, your father, wow, your father or anyone in your family. God did not allow them to be the leader. God chose me and I was celebrating in honor of him. And I will show you how great I can be. I'll even be disgusting to myself. But those slave girls you talked about will still honor me. Are you saying? Micah probably thought her husband was carried away with those girls and this and that. They're not knowing that deep down her husband was actually thinking of her. And I want us to leave my car. I want us to come back to you. How do you make use of your tongue in your marriage? The Bible says in James chapter 3 that the tongue is the smallest member of the body. Yet it has the capacity to set a whole house on fire. How do you make use of your tongue to your husband? When you think you've seen him with women, when you think he's been cheating on you, when you think it's not been thinking about you, when you think it's not concerned about your welfare, how do you use your mouth? Do you just open your mouth and just talk anyhow? Or do you just pick up your phone and just chat him anyhow? The way you speak to your husband matters. Even that fan that you thought is not thinking of you, does not have time for you, is too busy to care for you and for the family. Can I say to you, your husband actually is thinking of you. Your husband actually has you in his thought. And whenever the man returns back home, how you welcome him back matters a lot. Here, David was the king of the whole of Israel. And it's as if Micah forgot that she was not just married to David, to that little boy, but she was married to the king of Israel. In as much as she was a princess, she was the queen to the king on the throne. And I want to say to you, in your home, your husband is the king of that home. Apart from our Lord Jesus, who is the king of all our lives and our homes. But your husband in your home, God has given him the rulership of your home. So in as much as you want to speak to him, I am praying the Lord will help you to respond in meekness and in wisdom. May the law of wisdom be always found in your lips, in your conversation with your husband. Amen. Father God, we thank you so much for, for how you have been sharing your thought with us. And I am praying that as we continue on this series, you will continue to unveil even your heart to us as wives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
I really want to welcome you back to this series of Women in Revival podcast. We are still on this series, Women Learning from the Wives and the Bible. And we are still going through the sub-series, Micah, dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. We saw Micah, the wife, the first wife, the legal wife of David. And we saw how her husband became a very busy husband as the king of the nation. And we saw how Micah reacted to her husband who was actually thinking of her, who was coming home to put a blessing upon her and upon the entire household. And today we are going to move on as we look at be careful how you respond. As the wife in your matrimony, as busy as your husband may be, as socially engaged as your husband may be, as you may think you are missing out in his life, in his social engagement, I want to encourage you, be careful how you respond. So we are going to go back to that second Samuel chapter 16, verse 20 to 22. Verse 20 to 22. And it reads, Then David returned to bless his household. And Micah, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the armies of his servant as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. Are you seeing how Micah addressed even her husband? How Micah addressed her husband? Are you seeing the response of the response of Micah to her husband that have left home for hours for days? Are you seeing the approach of Micah to, to her beloved husband? And I'm praying that you will learn even from Micah. When your husband has traveled, maybe on business trip or ministerial trip, and has returned back, how do you welcome him back? How do you approach him? Do you begin to complain and whatsoever? But we are seeing Micah, how she, Micah, how she acted foolishly, actually. Now verse 21 and 22 tells us that David said unto Micah, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. So are you saying, as far as David was concerned, he was playing, he was dancing in honor of the Lord. But we see the approach of Micah to what she saw. So we need to be careful even when you perceive that, okay, something is not right. The way you approach it matters a lot. The way you respond to what you think you are suspecting or what you think is the matter in your husband's life matters a lot. Don't just approach, you know, confrontationally, because that was what Micah did. She was quite confrontational. And verse 22 says, and I will yet be more violent than You see, the husband that was supposed to appreciate her, the husband that was supposed to bless her, now, that husband engaged in physical combat, so to say. That husband engaged in physical um, verbal abuse. She abused her husband first, and now there was verbal abuse going on in between both of them. So you need to be careful how you respond, even when it looks as if your husband is doing something that you think is not right. How you tackle it can have a domino effect, I'm telling you. How you tackle it can boomerang. How you tackle it matters a lot. Then David said, and of the maid servant we thou hast spoken of. Are you saying the matter for Micah was probably those women that were dancing around that husband? And David said, that women that you are talking about, that you have spoken of, of them, I will have better honor. So some of you, you confront your husband, you, you are suspicious that they are going out with someone in their workplace and this and that. And your mouth just go about saying all sorts of things. You need to be careful. That is not the way to approach things. Too wrong, don't make it right. I'm telling you. I am speaking to you as a woman in matrimony also. 
You want to labor to see that things work out well in your marriage. And in order to do that, you want to work with God. You want to labor with God, not against God. And praying the Lord will help us. Now, if we now go and look at this same sin, but in another scripture now, in First Chronicles, we will look at chapter 15, and we just probably look at just one verse, verse 29. Let's see how, um, how Micah spoke to her husband. First Chronicles 15, 29 says, And it came to pass, as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, that Micah, the daughter of Saul, looking out at a window. Are you seeing? So she was standing by the window while people were dancing and her husband was dancing. When she was supposed to be there dancing with her busy husband, she stood by the window and looking like a, like, um, like a stranger. So she saw from the window how King David danced and played. And the Bible says she despised David in her heart. So we are saying that what became confrontational, what became Micah's speech was the matter of her heart. It was a battle she started from her heart. And I want to encourage you, what you nurse in your heart matters a lot. Maybe there have been rumors you have been getting regarding your husband. Maybe you have been told the reason why he looks so busy is because of A, B, C, D. Maybe people have been hinting you. And this has been forming all sorts of ideas in your heart. I want to say to you, guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart with all carefulness. For out of your heart flows the issues of life. How your reaction to your husband will be starts from your, from your heart. Disgusting issues starts from the heart. And it is my prayer that the Lord will help you and make you a woman of good substance, a woman with a godly heart who will learn to approach her husband in humility, in godly character. If your heart can be helped, then how you will speak out to your beloved husband will make a difference. Even when people have told you all sorts of things which might be true about your husband, but if you have settled the matter in your heart, if you have taken your heart before the Lord, do you know it will make a difference? Don't go and approach your husband when a matter is burning in your heart because the possibility to speak what you ought not to speak can't be there. You want to approach God first. Pour out so to say your frustration to the Lord. Share your thoughts. Share your sadness. Share your concern with the Lord. And ask the Lord for wisdom as to how to approach your husband on whatever matter you think you want to approach him with. Don't allow his busyness to become an obstacle even in your marriage. And I am praying that the Lord will help you to know how to respond even to your own husband. Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. Four days ago, we continued the series Learning from Wives in the Bible. Our sub-series is Mikal, dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. And our topic for today is the end of Mikal. The end of Mikal was a very sad one. She was David's first love, yet she ended as a woman with no children and banished to just run in the house, while women like Bathsheba became more powerful. Sister, be careful how you speak. Be careful how you behave towards your husband. God rewarded Mikal according to her actions, and he will reward you according to your actions. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Father, we thank you so much for how you have journeyed with us throughout this series. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the many wives that are joining us throughout this series. I have only shared the little you've helped my own life with, even with my sisters. And you who have helped my marriage, I know you are able to help their individual marriages. So unto you who is the master builder, I'm praying 
that you will build the home of every woman that is joining us throughout this series and that your name, your name alone, be glorified. Amen. Thank you very much for joining us on Women in Revival podcast. By the grace of God, we have come to the end of Micah dealing with a busy and socially engaged husband. When next we come, we'll be moving to see another woman in this series of learning from the wives and the Bible. We have seen the life of Micah from a journey as a young wife, as a young wife to David. We saw she was a princess. She was espoused to her husband. Her husband paid dearly for her dowry, yet she was still yoked to her father. Her father was kind of controlling her matrimony. And we saw later on, even another stage in a matrimony when her husband became a busy husband. Without any shadow of doubt, I believe there are communication problems in her marriage with David. There are communication problems. Obviously, a marriage started, the foundation upon which a marriage was built was not very correct. Her father was very, very corny. And it's as if she had no older person, a godly older person, who could help her to start a marriage, right? And we are now seeing the spiral effect of that even upon her matrimony. Now, let us look at the end of Micah. The end of Micah, the wife of David. So we are going to go back to the scripture we have been looking at in the last few episodes. The book of Second Samuel chapter 6 verse 23. And it says, Remember before I even read it that at this junction, Micah had insulted her husband. She has spoken out foolishly in anger. Now let us see the outcome of that speech that she had with her husband. You know, there was an exchange of rude words between Micah and David. But now let's see how God himself stepped into the matter. Let's see what became of the end of Micah. 2 Samuel 6.23 says, Therefore, Micah, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. Micah was a barren woman until the day of her death. And do you know what I'm taking from here? How we behave to our husband can either make us fruitful or barren. Not even just biological barrenness. Even spiritual barrenness, even physical barrenness, your response, the way you handle matter in your matrimony can either make your home fruitful or barren. And I'm praying that you will not end like Micah. The Bible says she ended as a barren woman. God's plan for Micah was not to be a barren woman. That wasn't God's plan for her initially. But the choice she made in her matrimony landed her where she was. She became barren. She became empty. Her marriage to her husband did not work the way it ought to work. And I am praying that just as Proverbs 14 verse 1 says that a wise woman builds a house, but the foolish woman plucks us down with her hands. Micah was a foolish woman in her matrimony. She plucked down her marriage with her very words. She pulled down her husband with her very words. She forgot that David was not only her husband, David was her king. She spoke so foolishly. She poured out her frustration so foolishly to her husband. And the end of Micah was that of a barren woman. That same Proverbs 14 verse 3 says, in the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride. And that was what we saw in the life of Micah. She was proud, to be honest. She was a proud woman. And maybe some of you, you are in your matrimony. Your family, actually, you are from a very rich family. And you are very proud of that. You are proud of your family heritage. And sometimes you are talking to your husband. You are telling, my dad doesn't behave like this. That was your dad. Your husband is your husband and you want to give to your husband the honor that is due to a husband don't allow your family riches to be the problem even in your matrimony don't allow how your parents 
married life was be the focus of your own marriage you want christ to be the epicenter of your matrimony so a full smile the bible says lashes out with pride but the leaves of the wise protect them so that means you refrain your mouth sometimes when you need to talk you need to seek the holy spirit to help you as to what to say and as to how to say what you need to say i'm praying that none of your marriage will end like that of micah in first peter chapter 3 i'm going to first peter chapter 3 and i will be reading from verse 5 to verse 6 and i want us to look at that and it says i think i will go to the amplified please let me read it from the amplified classic edition it says in like manner you married women be submissive to your own husbands that is subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on them are you saying and adapt yourselves to them micah did not adapt herself to her husband and we saw that from the very beginning of her matrimony so adapt yourself to them so that even if any do not obey the word of god they may be won over not by discussion you see micah approached david by discussion but the bible says not by discussion but by the godly lives of their wives when they observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves together with your reverence for your husband now see you are to feel for him micah did not feel for david do you know a busy my man who lives home for hours do you think he didn't want to be at home he would like to be at home with his family so feel for him and how do you feel for him? say feel for him all that reverence includes and what do they include to respect him micah did not respect david to defer to him micah did not defer to her husband to revere him to honor him to esteem him to appreciate him micah did not appreciate david a man who had been longing for the ark of the covenant to return and finally succeeded wow she should be his cheerleader but no so it also involved to prize him you know and in the human sense to adore him that is to admire praise him be devoted to your husband deeply love him and enjoy your husband i am giving you all the ladies that are going through this this first peter chapter 3 verse 1 to 6 as your assignment go and read it go and see areas that you are lacking list them down and begin to pray lord help me to adore my husband help me to admire my husband help me to praise him maybe for you it's esteeming him that you are failing begin to ask the lord to help you in those areas and then begin to actively do that to your husband verse 3 let not yours be the merely external adorning with elaborate interweaving and nothing of, nothing of the hair, the wearing of jewelry or changes of clothes. Are you saying? You can do all of this, but if you lack character, you can still lose your husband. For but let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the earth, with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit. Do you see that Micah lacked all these characteristics, isn't it? which is not anxious micah was anxious or wrought up but it's very precious in the sight of god for it was those that the pious women of old who hoped in god were accustomed to beautify themselves and were submissive to their husbands adapting themselves to them as themselves secondary and dependent upon them are you saying this is not saying wives are second class citizens this scripture is giving you secret as to enjoying your matrimony and verse 6 says it was those that sarah obeyed abraham following his guidance and acknowledging his headship over by her calling him lord that is master leader authority and you are now our true daughters if you do right and let nothing terrify you 
not giving way to hysterical fears or letting anxieties unnerve you. Woman, don't let anxiety unnerve you. Don't let the stories you are hearing regarding your husband's business unnerve you. Don't let the long hours that your husband keeps away from home unnerve you. Develop the character of a woman with inner life. And I am praying that you will end well. Your matrimony will not end in shambles. May your marriage indeed adorn the gospel and fail not even as Micah failed. Amen. <laughs>